Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 96 Del Ramon and Katniss, the Hexblood Stonecasters. Welcome to Sidekicks and Side Quests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Dane Fox McGraw and Benjamin Huffman's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and SideQuest, still the best unofficial, in big, bold letters, unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. Before I introduce my guests, I'd like to go ahead and give a shout-out to my first sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this mastercraft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got beard balms named after all the basic stats from D&D, so get a can, Apply it to your face and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this entire brand, but Tony's collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nebula, and Brand Standing. If you support Plus One EXP either by buying something on their website or going to tonyplus1.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Ford program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So, I would highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all of the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and even their Discord server, in order to keep up with all the various projects that are being worked on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these other amazing indie TTRPGs. And if you don't mind... When you go on over to plus1exp.com and you see that affiliate code box, type in Randolph when you're buying a Beard Bomb or Beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. All right, and now it's time to introduce my guest. We've got double the trouble this week. So I turn the microphone over and ask, who is it that you are and what is it that you do? Hi, my name is Benjamin Huffman. I'm a co-host of Dispel Magic, and I also run the Sterling Berman Adventuring Company. And uh, my name's Dane. I'm a voice actor, a podcaster, and an improviser, and I also co-host Dispel Magic. Yeah. But that's awesome. it. But that's the only one. That's, oh, the, okay. that's it that I, that I do for that. Are you sure you're not involved in any other podcast? Because it was my understanding that you did um, Dungeons and Dragon types as well, or was that like a guest spot or something? No, I am. I am current long-running member of the actual play Pokemon podcast, Dungeons and Dragon types, where I play QT, the Pokemon Ranger. Awesome. So for those of us not in the know, because it's woefully... And tearfully shameful that you guys haven't exploded even onto a larger fan base than you rightfully deserve. But can you tell us what it is that Dispel Magic is about? Like, what's the premise? Why should we be listening to it? Yeah, um, I, there's, there's, it's really funny because there's something that we say at the start of every episode. And I literally can't think of what it is now. The short we overthink the magic of Dungeons and Dragons. That's not that anymore. No. Anyway, so the <laughs> the basic idea of the show. Each episode, we look at a discrete piece of magic and we kind of think through what the actual setting implications would be. So if Ray's Dead were a spell in the world, what would that do to the world that that spell exists? We're not thinking about real Dungeons and Dragons settings that actually exist. We're thinking about 
how they should be if they were to take into account the magic that exists in the game. I consider uh, Dispel Magic primarily a world building podcast where mm. we're making the logical leaps to like how a world would look if you could talk to animals if you could raise dead and we're kind of creating our own world kind of like you're doing here uh one npc at a time yeah no i do enjoy that aspect of dispel magic like you're saying very world building and it's even had me take pause and be like oh yeah well i've never encountered this spell before and if i'm gonna be having players that are gonna have access to the spells what does that what does that actually literally mean for my game if uh all of a sudden they come up with some idea of like yeah i'm just gonna do call lightning into this battery of things and i'm gonna store all this energy to be able to use it for like a necromancer's experiment or something like that i'm like i didn't even know okay i guess you can do that sure why not well and that's one of the things that we've noticed is that if you logically think through if all of these things do exist the world breaks like almost yeah, immediately. Totally, uh, it's really wild how short a walk that is to like typical fantasy setting to nothing is the same as it was. Yeah. Mm. Right. Because the Wishinati, right? They're the oh, ones that are controlling wish the alone. world. Yeah. Yep. We, I think the Wishinati are the only ones keeping everything in line and making sure that the world doesn't completely blow up with uh, all these bizarre applications of spells. Awesome. Which I think as well, also to give an opportunity as well for Dungeons and Dragon types. Can you tell us a little bit about that podcast as well? Like how has that show been and working out? I haven't had the opportunity myself to listen, but perhaps a, a tease and a tidbit or something. Her Dungeons and Dragon types is the anime. We're playing the we're playing as close to the anime as we can, and it is over the top and silly and ridiculous. My why not Astro, when he casts uh, Safeguard, sends spectral Stenson hats to all of his buddies on the battlefield. Um, we're on our third system. We're rolling with the punches. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Check it out if you like actual plays and especially if you like Pokemon. Awesome. And if you like to hear a weird kind of a Sam Elliott kind of character come out every now and then. Where's the beef? That's right. That's right. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Well, and, and you know, QT Tyson, or Quincy Tyson, as he goes by, uh, he's just trying to save all the cutest Pokemon he can. Because awesome. uh, cares about those cute little Pokemon. <laughs> Amazing. So I think it's a pretty easy segue into the next question of, do you currently or have you ever played D&D before? Nope. Lots. <laughs> uh, lots in the past. Lots in the present. I'm sure lots in the future. Benjamin was my first DM mm. in Dungeons oh. and Dragons proper. Uh, I've been playing role-playing games from schoolyard where we just kind of pretended to be different superheroes, right? My best friend Matt and I would, would just be like, you've got these powers and I got these powers. And then we didn't have access to any RPGs really. So we kind of made our own where we were all elves and, and then had some dice and things like that. And then our first real one was Rifts. From no, nothing. I've never played it. No. It's uh, kind of a post apocalyptic, um, incredibly imbalanced, hilarious game in the distant future. No, Benjamin introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons. And then during the pandemic, all of my social interactions were replaced with six different D&D games. So I've been doing that for the last three years. Wow. And yeah, you're a bit of a designer, aren't you, Mr. Benjamin, as well? I am. Yeah. And actually that I, that's a habit I picked up, uh, very early on. I, um, I think the, the box that I got was called first quest way back when that, I think that would have been probably the mid nineties. I was somewhere between 10 and 13 and I graduated onto AD and D and then I was already making classes, original classes by AD and D last time I was home visiting my parents. I actually found the Phantom was the first class I ever Ooh, wrote. That sounds good. And it was kind of like a, a thief magic user type of deal. Bears no relation to the uh, the Pulp Adventure Hero or anything like that. Or I didn't uh, the, know the, the of Sunday the comic yeah. strips. I yeah. didn't know of the Phantom, so it's possible there's some kind of overlap. Mm. Billy Zane had not created his masterpiece yet. Right, mm. right, right, right. But yeah, and I've pretty much been doing it some form of game design consistently ever since then 
I moved into other tabletop games for a while and then kind of came back to TTRPGs about seven, eight years ago. And uh, that's become a gigantic part of my life. Um, The Pugilist <laughs> ever heard of it? Yeah, I was going to say, didn't Phil's character in the MCDM Chain of Akron start off as a pugilist before he switched over? He sure did. Yeah, he started as a pugilist. Um, I know that there's a pugilist on an actual play with three black halflings right now, too. And yeah, it's been an honor. You know, I, I'm really thrilled to be on. Well, to not to be on, but to have in a my, way, my Benjamin, work. you're on those shows. It's an You're honor secretly to... one of the NPCs just milling around in the background in idle animation. That, that should be what I tell people is that I, they have to put an NPC that is my, of my contractual life. obligation yeah. in the very minor line in the contract. But as as big of an honor as it is to be on actual plays, you know, I get uh, this is also embarrassing to admit, but I get fan mail about the way that people have experienced uh, stuff I've written, and that's like my favorite part about it because it's just really cool and humbling to be a part of hundreds or thousands of people's games who I'll never meet them. They'll never meet me, but I had some kind of positive impact on their game. It's awesome. Not only are you developing independent content, you know, for yourself, for your livelihood, uh, but you also do stuff for your own Dispel Magic Patreon page. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. We write, I I write a few original spells uh, every month for that. Sometimes kind of just inspired by it. Like, you know, when we did the episode on Magic Mouth, I was really shocked to find out how much you could dismantle everything you would expect about a fantasy setting with that one spell. You can replicate some really advanced technologies just using Magic Mouth. And so a lot of the new spells I write are kind of aimed at replicating similar anachronistic technologies. Yeah, I think I remember listening to that episode and you were describing like, oh yeah, I found these posts and people are describing like ones and zeros and coming up with the computer, which that just boggles my mind of how you would be able to do that. But it's like, okay, I guess if you want to go through the trouble of creating the very first computer in a medieval society, well, yeah. congratulations. You're like Doc Brown hiding the DeLorean in the abandoned mine shaft, waiting for someone to come along to get the part you need to fix it. You need a lot of Jaden Honeycomb and a lot of time, but yes, you can make a computer using Magic Mouth. Well, certainly this podcast is called Sidekicks and Sidequests, so maybe not magic, but Sidekicks and Sidequests is what we got. So we like to ask, who is one of your favorite sidekick characters, one of your favorite NPCs, whether they're from an RPG, a video game, movie film, television, etc., and why is this character your favorite sidekick, your favorite NPC? I got to say, I think Benjamin Huffman's my favorite sidekick um, oh, from the yes. podcast Dispel Magic. He's he's just really great right there by my side uh, mm. when on that podcast. You are definitely the sidekick. Am I? Yes, you are definitely <laughs> the sidekick. I hate to break it to you. Agree to disagree. Might have to run a poll. They might, might have to put up a, t- a Twitter poll. <laughs> um, all kidding and salad, I would say that probably Reboot, the old Canadian CG mm. show, it's mm. one of my favorite shows and it's kind of a duo sidekick of enzo and um and his dog mm, the uh, little kid right the little kid yeah okay um, i remember him yeah yeah uh and the dog the dog is just super strong and can just pick up anything and it's giant chompers so that's hilarious and they get into hijinks and uh subvert expectations constantly Kind of like the speed racer sort of influence with the little kid and the monkey or something like that. Sure, like speed yeah. racers trying to run races. And meanwhile, those if two the monkey could throw a car across a city. Okay, yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's a great show. I'm going to be doing a lot of repping of JRPGs today. When I was given this idea, thought I was having a really hard time. And then I remembered Aerie from Bravely Default. So Bravely Default was a game for the 3DS probably a decade ago, maybe more. It's hard to keep track as the years go by. Time doesn't exist. But the the subtitle for Bravely Default was uh, Fairy Flies. And Aerie kind of leads you, like, she's with you from the start of the game or very near the start of the game. And she's sort of an in-game tutorial and also the one kind of keeping you on track, sort of explaining the metaphysics of what's happening in the game. And then, like, when you get to the real ending of the game, it shows the subtitle again and some of the letters fade away and it changes from fairy flies to airy lies. 
Ooh. And she's revealed to be one of the villains of the game instead. Ah. And I really love that use because it used like a common trope and then had a really fun twist to it, which I thought was a great use of a sidekick. And then same thing as far as side quests are concerned. What's been one of your favorite side quests, whether it's been an RPG, a video game, movie, film, television, etc.? Minor event in history, you know, the gamut. And uh, why has this been one of your favorite side quests? I have two, maybe three answers. Let's see how fast I get yeah, them out. Yeah, okay. jam through them. All right, the first one is that I would just say that Final Fantasy fourteen, in terms of the naming conventions for its side quests, they're like all puns. Mm. And that... <laughs> That is a that is a I if you if you read my game design, you'll definitely find I am a little too preoccupied with wordplay when I write. And so that just really speaks to me to have like literally everything, every side quest name be a joke. Is mm-hmm. I just adore that. The second thing is Octopath Traveler, where when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh yeah, there's this cool optional side quest at the end where you can fight this big boss. And then I realized that actually the way Octopath Traveler works. The entire game is a side quest and this optional ending is actually the main story <laughs> because hmm. there's a there's a because uh, in Octopath Traveler, there's eight different characters and each character has four chapters to resolve their own story. But those are really the side quests that are happening while this other event is happening through side quests in the game that culminates in this woman like sacrificing somebody to summon a demon lord but that's Jeez. all optional you can you can play the entire game and only ever play the main storyline which is actually the side quests and because the side quests are actually or the because the ah, it's anyway it's getting into like one. stanley parable territory or something yeah, that's like right. that. I, so i love that what's your third one okay, my third on, one man. my third one is in my own games a side quest i love to throw in is the players hearing uh the sound of a young child crying out in the like they're they're camping somewhere in the hillsides or the mountains there's a young child crying they go out to investigate and it's a six foot tall person and they approach it and it's like a to- a hill giant toddler oh and so then they're responsible for this hill giant toddler who's like capable of dealing a lot of damage but like also is a toddler and they should probably intervene and help but then also that means taking it back to their hill giant parents who might be really ticked off that these adventurers are wandering around with their toddler. So like there's some like moral complexity to it. It's a delicate, um, it's a it, delicate, yeah. it's not just a one. And yeah. And there's danger, but there's not for sure danger. Like maybe if we approach it in the right way, it'll all turn out. Okay. So I, I like to throw that because I feel like that's a good character development side quest to throw yeah. people. Curveball. I got a hot take for my favorite one. I really love the game Kingdom Hearts. Okay. And my favorite part of that game was most people's least favorite part of that game, the gummy ship, where you're flying between the different worlds. And oh, people try and go as fast. They just don't really care generally about mm-hmm. getting there. But I played more of the gummy ship quests than I did maybe the regular. No, that's, that's hyperbole. But um, I really enjoyed it. Building your own ship, blasting heartless out of the ether sphere saving king mickey it's a good game it's a good game and now we come to the piece de resistance of the a personal interview section what are you passionate about and why you got one benjamin are you passionate about things do you got passion in your life dane and i talk a lot about how much i overcommit to stuff um <laughs> the thing is benjamin's passionate about anything he does yeah i actually have to be really careful about what i give my attention to because it will very quickly become an obsession. Scope creep. It's yeah. real with Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I made a couple things for D&D seven years ago, and now I run a business and a podcast and a store, and I have to be very careful. I basically don't start TV shows because if I start them and I That's like it. it at all, I'm going to have to watch the whole thing, and then I need to set aside like a week. So you're passionate about passion. You're a passion passioner. If I had to name one thing, I would say I'm passionate about game design. I could not okay. stop designing right. games, mm. even if there was nothing else in it for me. My, that's just the way my brain is wired now, and it would happen. Naturally. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Okay. Um, as an actor and big silly goofball, I think character development, character arcs, and that's part of storytelling, right? I'd, I'd imagine anyone you have on this 
podcast is pretty passionate about storytelling in one way or another, but common answer for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But specifically seeing how particular character changes and grows over time and why that's what I'm super interested in and what I'm passionate about, especially in the D and D sphere. So so it's like finding the humanity in the characters, because obviously, you know, it's like one thing to have like a video game character or watching a, a show and you just like, oh, they're just a character. It's like it's not anything real. But then right. like when you are the character inhabiting that character's mind and thoughts and feelings and watching those change and grow over time, it's like, oh, it's like I'm getting to be a human. all over Yeah, I, I like finding those moments and sitting in them and, and understanding them and sharing them with uh, whoever else I'm playing with. So. All right. Well, we've learned so much about Benjamin and Dane that I think it's time we now head into a segment that I like to call NPC Creation. NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience and our patrons from Patreon. Now is the time to give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and above with a loud hurrah. So to you, Katie Downey, Ansa Jablinski, and my parents, we say cheers. Again, this shout-out is for patrons who donate $2 or more a month. These folks are my highest-tier patrons, the wealthy-level patrons. So that means that they are able to add an element of chance to our random tables in NPC creation, which we might get to use here today. If you want to join the cheapest podcast Patreon community out there, check the show notes below go to my podcast website or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars a month, and help us to expand our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. All right. So as the name goes, this is the part of the show where we make up an NPC. And so if I'm not mistaken, we're going to be creating two Count them two NPCs with the roll of the dice. Sure, let's get going. And I guess as we're going along, we'll just kind of naturally discover uh, what the relationship between the two characters is. Or did you have some sort of idea going into it? Maybe they do a magic mouth show together. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so they're, they're performers. Yeah, well, like they record. Onto like, magic yeah, mouth. Yeah, like basically a podcast. But we never talked about mouth. podcasts with magic yeah, but you could do a you podcast could do a with podcast with Magic Mouth. All right, so we're gonna roll randomly and work our way through that process. So the first question we like to answer is, "What is the name of our character?" And we can generate that randomly by rolling a d twenty. I'm going first. Six. Six. Okay. And then Benjamin, just to make sure we don't roll the same number. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. So. Dane, with a six, your answer was provided by previous guest, Dr. Paul Guestwicky. Del Rahman is the name. Del Rahman. D-E-L, and then R-A-M-M-A-N. And then with a 12 for Benjamin, your name was provided by previous guest, Stephanie Jones, Katniss. So <laughs> Del Rahman and Katniss. Mm-hmm. And the next Del Cat. <laughs> And then the next thing uh, we roll for is the ancestry of our character. We determine this with a D100 or a 2D10 effect. Oh, boy. I got to find my other. There we go. That's uh, 40. 40. Okay. Deep Scion, <laughs> which we did have recently. Now, I know we've done this with pairs of characters before. We can roll those independent, and it's like, okay, that's who they are. Or if you want them to be the same, maybe Benjamin rolls and then you're like, oh, I like that better than what I've got. And then it's like, OK, you're just a pair of that or whatever. OK, yeah, let's let's give this a roll and see what else we come up with. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. As I scroll down the list. Oh, OK. Hex bloods. So you could be one. of. I've never even heard of a hex blood. What, no, what's a hex blood? Uh, I believe the hex blood comes from the Ravenloft Van Richter's mm, guide. Fine. And it's like you have influence of like hag ancestry oh, in your makeup i'm definitely that's perfect i'm definitely staying that yeah I, would, I think you should join me on on hex blood yeah i i'll, I'll definitely be a hex blood okay. as well okay that makes a lot of sense okay all right excellent so we got a pair of hex bloods del Ramon and katniss the hex bloods okay the next thing we need to determine is what is the job or role in society for your characters again could be the same thing of like you each roll independent or you both roll and then figure out which the better thing of the two. 
What, what and you I... determine this with a D10. Sorry. Oh, D10, D10. Uh, yeah. One. Okay. Ooh, very apt. Okay, uh, Benjamin, do you want to roll two? I got a seven. Seven. Okay. Well, we have two choices here. So with a one, your answer provided by Melly Doucette of Demiplane, fantasy game designer, or <laughs> or with a seven from Nicholas, you could be fishmongers or one of each. Uh, I, I think fantasy game designers. Yeah, I think I game mean, designers. Because yeah. okay. then we're just like two weirdos podcasting about game design using Magic Mouth. Everybody else is just like, who are these yeah, why, people? Why do we care about this? Wait, <laughs> yeah. they're kind of interesting. Yeah, well, or it's just, you know. Or <laughs> it's just for us. Just nobody listens it's to the podcast. For... We keep on promoting this podcast. Nobody listens now, to is it. Now, is it called a podcast? No. Because or, okay. we, we're casting Magic Mouth onto a single pod of... Stonecast? And then we, yeah, and then we sense. throw it out on a line and we're casting it into a crowd. So that people will listen to it. I think probably makes more sense for us to place them surreptitiously around towns or stuff so that yeah. people have to like they, they like to. they walk by and they start hearing it's like, oh, these guys are still doing this. Who who's talking? Who is that? Oh, it's that. It's them. It's those. It's those. Whatever they are. <laughs> right. The phantom voices. All right. Yeah. Okay. And now the next thing we get to roll for is what is the age range of your characters? Again. You could both roll independently or just roll and then figure out what works best. And you determine this with the D8. The Ocho. Three. And two. Okay, so a two is a teenager and a three is a young adult. So would you rather be teens that are stone casting, podcasting, or young adults that are podcasting? I think it's better as young adults because then it also adds an element of like, why aren't they doing something more productive with their time? Okay, so the young adult Hexbloods Del Roman and Katniss, who are fantasy game designers. All right, now that we know all these bits of information, can you describe the physical appearance of each of your characters? I think uh, Del's pretty pasty, kind of a sandy hair, gets in his eyes a lot. He's on the younger side of young adult and uh, is, is a little more naive to the world. Hasn't done a lot of real work. Katniss, I think, kind of looks like Wednesday Adams. Mm. Um, okay. except that she Christina had... Ricci or like this new Jenna Ortega look Jenna Ortega I think topical yeah yeah exactly I'm mm. trying to you know ride that wave bring it in yeah mm-hmm. except that more colorful I think oh. like still the pigtails and everything sure but like kind of a cross between in that in that series Wednesday and her roommate whose, whose name I can't currently remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it either so oh it's a great show great show I love it a lot Mm, Watch, I binged one, it all in one yeah, night. Exactly. That was one of those things. Okay. Can't remember the roommate's name, but I watched all of them. That's what happens to me too. Yeah. I don't know. I hear hex blood. And I think of like a goth aesthetic. I know like the Wednesday Adams sort of look, is it a goth aesthetic between the both of them together? Like how is their relationship between the two of them? How do they, are they just friends? Are they siblings? Uh, I think they come siblings. from the same. Yeah, let's be community? siblings. I think we're siblings. If we're both hex bloods. It makes sense that like, yeah, I mean, we probably don't know or are separated from our hag mother at this point. But I think it makes sense for us to have been like abandoned or to have found our way into this town. And we're trying our best to fit in, but our best is very bad. Mm. Nobody likes it. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that like people hate us or anything, but we're not. It's just we're 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 weird. weird. Yeah, we're weird. We're very idiosyncratic and, and nobody quite gets that. Like the Adams family. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> ah. All right. And if you had to describe each of your characters with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you use? Hmm. That's tough to come up with. Yeah, that's spot. that's this is a good exercise. Um, I'm gonna say naive. I'm going to say um optimistic, and I'm going to say that's the third one. I can't think of the third one. Benjamin, think of it for me. I'm too busy thinking of my own. Okay, fine. Uh, what I say? Naive, optimistic, and foolhardy. Mm, okay. Good, strong adjectives. Thank you. I'm going to go with obsessive, preoccupied, and... It's the third one that gets you. It is you. the, third, the, one the third one that gets you. It's the third one that gets you every time. <laughs> like a curse. 
uh, a obsessive, hex, a hex, but pre, maybe, yeah. yeah, obsessive, preoccupied, and <laughs> edit out all this break. Oh, yeah, sure, just, just yeah, all the course. silence. Who needs the silence? <laughs> um, what you don't hear is that in every episode, every person does this, and there's a good I'm three sure. minutes yeah. of silence between every adjective. Um, what was it? Obsessive, was it? obsessive, preoccupied, preoccupied, and um. What would be a good way to, to summarize, like, eager to be liked? Dane. No. No? Okay. Kurt, you got anything for it? Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, yeah, you figured doing this podcast would give you, like, a thesaurus in your mind. Okay, so someone who's seeking, like, approval? Approval mm-hmm. Approval seeking. Yeah, okay, so there we go. Because I think she wants people to see her and care about the things that she cares about. She's obsessive in the things that she likes. Mm-hmm. She's preoccupied in that she's constantly thinking about them, even when she's in, mm-hmm. like engaged in some other situation. And then she's approval seeking because she wants everyone else to like the same things or to acknowledge her kind of. Benjamin, um, Benjamin, did we create ourselves? We basically. Uh oh, we did it. We created ourselves. <laughs> so my question is with Dane's character, it's Del Ramon is the the full name that was given. And then, you know, for Benjamin, it was just Katniss. Is Ramon kind of like a thing that just Del added on to his name? Or is Ramon like the last name? Maybe Katniss doesn't like the last name or I don't know. I'm just curious if you had any thoughts about that part of the naming convention. I mean, I, I think that in her eagerness or their eagerness to be liked, I think Katniss is just like, no, 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 I'm just Katniss. Like is kind of going for a Madonna thing. Okay, I could kind of see that. Yeah, it's like it's a little sexier to just have a single name. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm Katniss. Yeah, people know, and I'm Dale. I'm just Dale. Or it could be something where, like, you know, our dad, or had some, or like wanted to keep. Listen, listen, I know our dad. Like, maybe I take more after our hag mother, (laughs) and like don't want a surname. That makes sense. That we kind of have different dispositions because yeah. if i take after the dad and you take after the yeah. mom there you go all right and of course we like our npcs on this show to have something cool on their person whether it's a valuable item a piece of lore a secret or maybe even an ideal or concept that they would ascribe to so we determine this with a combo so you roll a d4 first for the category and then you roll a d6 for the particular thing i'm gonna go for the d4 first four which would be an ideal or concept. Pull that too. Okay. One. All right. Uh, your answer provided by previous guest, Bobby Angel. I have to be number one is the ideal or concept that Del Roman ascribes to or values highly. You got it. I want to now. And now for Katniss. No one ever was. All right. That is a three and a five. Okay. So three is a secret and then a five. Your answer was provided by previous guest, LaRoyal Tut, which says, undercover boss for the particular guild or organization. So what do you think that means for Katniss? As in, I'm Katniss is the undercover boss? Yeah, apparently for a particular guild or organization. Okay. So she's young, but not like kid young. Mm-hmm. And she's not well loved, I guess. I wouldn't say not well liked, but she's not well loved by her community that she lives with. So I would say that she secretly runs a role playing group uh, oh. for the kids in town oh, we get that the parents now. don't know about um, mm. and would disapprove of their kids hanging out with her. The parents know that the kids like maybe going out and doing whatever, but they don't know that they're meeting Katniss to play games interesting and they're like oh you know she's she's got the hex blood in her she's up to no good she's gonna steal our kids kind of a thing stay away from them don't fill them with fanciful ideas could very well instigate some sort of minor satanic panic in the town exactly (laughs) exactly yeah oh being unfortunately used as a scapegoat or something like that for all the woes of the town okay and i think that uh for dell he uh, wants to be a part of this group. Mm-hmm. He's not, but he wants to be a part of this group and he wants to be the best in the group, but he hasn't been invited because this is kind of. So, you know, Del knows about it. I mean, we're siblings, right? Right. And we do this show together about game design. That's true. Yeah. I feel like true. I would know about it. That's true. This is secret to the grander. Right. Okay. Setting, yeah. Not to you, but not yeah. to me. And I'm a little, I'm a little resentful. 
<laughs> maybe i'll call them like my play test group and that's why i, I oh. keep kind of separate from it because it's like i'm i'm testing the things we talk about on our but show. as a game designer as well <laughs> maybe i don't think of you that good of a right no <laughs> wow are we just okay. playing ourselves <laughs> yeah i mean we just keep circling just, back to that well just playing ourselves Wow, I, it's like I don't know. This may, in fact, be the most meta episode of the podcast ever. It's crazy. Welcome to, welcome to Dispel Magic. Yeah, I was gonna say. Now you're gonna start trailing into like the introduction. The uh, carnival music's gonna start playing. It's gonna be like, wait a minute. I thought I was listening to Sidekicks and Sidekicks. Hold on. Let's bait and switch, Kurt. You're on our podcast now, baby. What? And then uh, the final question here in the NPC creation, we like to come up with a side quest that each of our NPCs offer up. Now, again, this has happened sometimes with pairs of characters. You can either assign like the same side quest together, so maybe both of you roll and choose which is the better of the two, or do you think maybe Dell and Katniss have their own different kind of side quests to offer up? If you have an idea, you can spitball that, or if you want to test the fates, you roll a d12. Got something brewing? Yeah, I don't know. Well, kind of, because I was kind of thinking, like, your side quest might be to infiltrate my group. Oh, okay. And, but I don't know then what Katniss's side quest would be. Mm-hmm. And that also is kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? I like it. I like it. I, I think that, um, I mean, I'd imagine your ultimate goal is to release this game. Although the other thing is that, it would be good to circle it back to the pod, the stone cast mm-hmm. that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. could be something about like, we're running out of Jade or honeycomb, or it could be ah, that, um, a fetch quest. It, yeah. So it could be a fetch quest or it could be about like, nobody's buying the podcast in this town. Can you take it to the next major city, the next mm. place over? Okay. Now in, in terms of having access to the Jade, we've talked about this on the show quite a bit Yeah, that to cast the amount of magic mouth that would be needed for this podcast, we would need enormous amounts. And the best solution to that is the elemental plane of earth. So mm. could we be trying to gain access to Ooh. the elemental plane of earth? Interesting. That's certainly a much grander scale. That is. If we, if we go with that, that is, and we're kind of, and we're kind of like, we're new little dorks. Yeah, we are two little to... dorks. I feel like that's perfect in some kind of video game you've run where it's like these two little nobodies that are like, can you help us get access to the forbidden thing? And it's like, okay, sure, I'll accept your side quest. And then you get to the forbidden place and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm finding all kinds of crazy loot to yeah. you know keep for myself and then be able to bring back for the nerds who sent me on this mission to begin with. I like it. All right. Okay. Right, so that's what we're going to go with. So yeah. is it? So it's like the two siblings together need the party's help to find some sort of entrance into the elemental plane of Earth in order to acquire the vast quantities of jade that they'll need to keep up with uh, production, as it were, with the scale of Magic Mouth creation. Yeah, we, and we probably are beekeepers. Because yes. we need probably the honeycomb. So that we, we probably got, beekeepers. We got that angle covered, and then we just need the jade. Easy I enough. See. Or you're uh, pilfering from the local apiaries in town. There's like a notice board. It's like, my honeycomb keeps disappearing. These dang hoodlums trying to eat all the honey. (laughs) Honey eating hoodlums. It's a honey heist, I tell you. It's a honey heist. There it is. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so we got a really cool side quest. So we have to consider what is going to be the reward for our player characters, should they undertake this mission and come back successful with the location of the entrance or the mechanism with which the siblings can get to the plane of Earth, what are they going to reward them with? Uh, producer credit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're playing hardball, executive yeah. producer. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's the reward. So they're so the players are going to be like, what? That's it? <laughs> yeah. I mean... What I mean, it is very funny. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah, true. I mean, like that's it's. Yeah, that that's a that's a great one. I, I mean, not to get too real, but maybe some secret of the hex blood. I don't know. Some something that only. Well, the, we did uh, have previous guest, Doctor Paul Guestwicky, who is a professor of uh, game design, computer games, and uh, in game design over at Ball State University. Kind of talk about the nature of side quests and what they mean and 
like how they're supposed to like reveal truths about the character or the world. So the fact that these two siblings, the only thing they can think of is like, okay, your producers on the podcast. And it's like, really, that's it. And so now it's like the players have had this whole journey to kind of realize of like, well, these two siblings are clearly idiots or like, they don't know <laughs> what they're doing. And it's like, we really had to undertake this dangerous mission. We almost got crushed by several Titans that wanted to smush us because we were invading their space or whatever. To... These Zorns are nibbling at our heels. Yeah. Oh, but at least Zorns you can talk to. Yeah, so. That's true. <laughs> All right. Let's, I, I mean, we'll find Sounds it. Good. I think producer credit on the, <laughs> on the Stonecast is it. I that's think it. that's, that's it. it. That's the one. Okay. Because yeah. if the TM wanted to make that not terrible, he or she or they could just say the Stonecast ends up blowing up after yeah. after they become producers on it and all of a sudden they become like famous for being patrons of the arts or something Ooh, okay yeah that's another good angle street cred yeah it's for yeah that's for sure always a good angle get that name out a noble there. could be like oh that's my favorite stone cast to listen to <laughs> it's the exposure my name is commander shepherd and this is my favorite stone cast in the <laughs> citadel <laughs> and then of course we have to consider the other side of the coin what is going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to the adventure? I mean, we are part hag. Yeah, I could see us being the kind of people who hold oh, like we, weird grudges. We just haunt them for, <laughs> we like annoy them and we're, we're just a step behind them, like throwing a monkey wrench into their plans. I can't picture these two up and leaving and like just maybe not making yeah. that their thing. Yeah. I could see maybe them cursing them so that they're bad at games yeah. okay mm. you lose every yeah, game. yeah like you just can't win games anymore so like if Ooh. people like to travel around and play cards in taverns or mm -hmm. go to a casino and roll dice they're gonna be bad at it because they've been cursed by these two hex blood game designers interesting okay yeah that, that's kind of cool oh. a low level hag curse yeah yeah and like you could even tie into like you're gonna draw bad cards if you ever get the deck of many things. Oh, it's just it's like it's more it's, it's worse systemic. than it sounds. It, it goes it all the way yeah. down. Yeah. Wow. Okay, interesting. I was also gonna say, considering the angle of since they're game designers, they make parodies or very similar likenesses to the characters in their game. If the game ever catches on and they go see it in another town, it's like well, wait a minute, that character sounds an awful lot like me. Why is he making the dumb choices? Why does he sound like a buffoon? Yeah, they're like the villains in whatever arc, like plot that we're running on our actual play Stonecast. For some reason, I don't trust you and I can't put my finger on it, but I, I feel like I've heard about you before and I just don't like you. You remind me of Dorlock the Dumb from my favorite Stonecast. No, we're not going to give you this high, valuable contract mission for you to undertake for the <laughs> yeah. city. I listen to the Stonecast. You have a very similar sounding name. How do I know you didn't rip it off from that Stonecast that's won many awards in our town? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, we've learned so much about the Ramon Hexblood siblings that I think it's time to head into a segment that I like to call The Random Encounter. This random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in DFW, and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories and stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you are playing, Reaper has a mini for you. Every time you shop with them and spend $40 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool mini as well. It's a mini of the month, and it's always something new, so all the more reason to shop often. I have been very blessed and very fortunate to get gift cards from Reaper Miniatures in the past, so I continue to be ever thankful for their continued belief in this humble podcast in the neighborhood. As well, uh, Reaper Miniatures Bone 6 Tales from the Green Griffin was live on Kickstarter and was successfully funded, and if you want to hop on that bandwagon, make sure you go check out the backer kit for details, so that way you too can get a whole metric ton of minis delivered to your door. If you visit my website or you go in the show notes below, you're going to see a special link in order to get over to the Reaper Miniatures website. And if you click on that, it's going to help support sidekicks and sidequests at the same time. By clicking that link, you're helping to direct traffic and show Reaper Miniatures how much 
of that traffic we bring there away. So the more traffic, the more that our Texas powers combine. So again, go check out that link on my website or in the show notes below in order to get your way over to Reaper Miniatures website and be sure that you are following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Bum, 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 bum. All right. So, you know, this part is the roleplay vignette scenario that we like to test out the NPCs that we have made on this show. And so obviously with Dane having created Dell and then uh, Benjamin having created Katniss, question becomes who should i be in this scene am i going to be one of my reoccurring podcast adventure characters that's going to undertake the mission am i one of the kids the play testers or whatever in the group or am i like uh, someone in the town that's like stopping by and overhearing an episode of this uh, fictitious stonecast podcast thing and so i'm just like where's the voices coming from and i'm having to you know listen to this episode rift on the spot or something um, I like the idea maybe of, of of playing one of your adventures. I also like the idea of a parent confronting us. Ooh, that's fun. About uh, my secret role Bringing the group. panic part into yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have a preference? For I, I have it no strong kind of feeling. Fun. It would yeah. be kind of fun to play out that like part where we're like, yeah, you get a producer credit if you... Listen, what we're doing is worthwhile and we need you to help. <laughs> we know you're mad. We know you're mad at us, but listen. That's it, actually. It could be the adventure coming back from having done all that and discovering that the, the reward, reward is uh, a producer credit. Like okay. that somehow we hadn't nailed that down. We had said something like, we'll give you the most valuable thing we can, and that's a producer. And we didn't, Keep didn't, it vague. didn't disclose that that was a producer credit. So okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm into all it. Right. Cool. Okay. All right. So we have a couple of different characters to choose from at this point as to who you will have wanted to have sent off on the adventure. So we have Duncan, the recklessly brave adventurer for hire. He's happy-go-lucky, cheerful, disposition, chaotic good, that whole thing. We have uh, Sonia, who's the warrior woman. She started off as a barbarian, multi-classed into a paladin who serves a god that redeems the undead. We have Korak, the lawful, evil, arcane, trickster, roguish dwarf. We've got Chrisley, who is the uh, herbalist, botanist, wood elf, druid, who multiclassed into a cleric that serves living memory. And then finally, our newest PC that we made is Orion, who is an astral elf, illusionist, wizard. And if none of those sound good, then we could just make up a whole brand new one right here, right now. Whoa. I feel like number three would just kill us. Like, if, yeah, if we suggested a producer credit after all that, <laughs> yeah. So, probably other one, yeah. I mean, one is good, especially if he's because I'd like to test how happy go lucky he really is. I mean, he's he's lawful good. We sent him on chaotic, a, good. chaotic good. He we sent him on a whole goose chase. He's come back, and uh, this is what you got. I mean, a title, it is a title, and those types generally like titles. We'll see. Well, we're picking number one. So where we last left our hero, Duncan, he had emerged back and was in the portside town. And he met this tabaxi who was doing like a a magic trick show and needed Duncan to very quickly run and stop a captain who had won a prize, but had forgot to sign the paperwork over for the prize. And so Duncan ran down and chased the captain down, got him to sign the thing. And came back, and then this tabaxi was uh, in turn very thankful for Duncan's help. And so it was kind of left ambivalent as to what happened. And uh, because of uh, plot reasons, plot armor and all that good stuff, we'll say that in his hubris, Rerus, I think he went by, or Cirrus, the entertainer, ended up getting foiled somehow by Duncan. So he was not enticed into that particularly fiendish outcome. And so it's not too long after he's going further into the town and he starts hearing people complaining like, there are the voices again. And Duncan's like naturally peaked. He's curious. He starts going around and he can, it sounds like he's hearing like two people bickering and arguing, but also like laughing and having fun and like building on each other's ideas. And he comes up to this strange wall and it just has these little mouths that are just talking back and forth at each other. There's a group of kids that are sitting down on the floor And they're like listening with rapt attention. Uh, And so Duncan is like, you know, childlike curiosity as well, uh, decides to sit down and listen. And, you know, it's probably a good hour or something like that of how long this thing goes on. And finally, at the tag end 
of uh, the stone cast, it says, and remember, if you want to find us, come meet us here. Some obvious location that Duncan will be able to go and find uh, the siblings. And so maybe it's a uh, maybe more rundown part of town, a small hovel, a hut, lean-to or whatnot. Uh, and Duncan will like rap on the door and he'll say, hello, hello, is this the siblings I heard from the magic mouths that were talking on the wall of the town? Hello? It's a fan. A fan's here. Long overdue at that. <laughs> come on, come in, come in. Oh, okay. And then uh, do you open the door for Duncan or should Duncan... Yeah, I'll run over and, and uh, creak. Oh, oh, hello. Hello. Nice to make your acquaintance. My name is Duncan. And he'll pull out one of his cards and he, he hands it to Dell. And it says, Duncan, recklessly brave adventurer for hire. No feet too small, no task too daring. It, it, an, an adventurer. We, we've been looking for one of those. We have. Yes. And so Duncan will look around inside uh, this podcast, Stonecast studio, as it were. What does it look like on the inside of this place? Is it like low to the ground or, or what are you imagining? We probably took up in like some hut that got abandoned on the outskirts of town a while ago. Dell has uh, lined the walls with uh, thick mosses mm -hmm. to prevent audio reflections. Right. And then I think it's probably just a bunch of like papers everywhere mm -hmm. in piles, books stacked up. It's just like quill upon quill. Yeah. Just like mm. all of our different game designs in various states of disarray, dice, all that kind of playing cards, all that kind of stuff just laying around everywhere. Uh, little, little crudely shaped uh, mm -hmm. sculpted uh, caricatures um, on a grid, perhaps. Like wood carvings or little stone statuettes yeah. mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So Duncan will kind of like examine all this and be like, wow. Oh, very interesting. I've, uh, wow, games, fun. And he, he smiles because Duncan's kind of like a child at heart, if you will. The uh, the old Fallout 3 perk, child at heart. And so he's just like, you know, he's a little warmed and he's like, oh, this is this is lovely. How 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 creative an endeavor the the two of you are. The wow, the siblings that I heard from the magic mouths. Wow. He's just, you know, taken aback. Do you consider yourself a patron of the arts? That's a great question. Well, I mean, and then he'll probably start rambling off on one of his many tales that he had before. Maybe the time he helped Lily the Narnwallacorn find her mate because he had to go into the Feywild to do that. Or he's oh, been into the perfect. Underdark several times. And then he even says, and then I, and then when I was in the Astral Sea and I was mining and I the went Astral to a whole sea? other realm. So he, like, he starts telling you all sorts of crazy, mining? fantastical stories. Um, maybe it gives fuel for the siblings for any future endeavors that they decide to to dream up or whatever. Yeah, we're um, we're exchanging looks the whole time, smiles creeping across my face because this seems like a perfect opportunity for us. I'm uh, nervously flicking the, my sandy hair out of my eyes because uh, you know I'm trying to get a good look at our would be savior. And so then, yeah, I guess you let him ramble for however long he's going to ramble. And then he says like, ah, ooh, so, so, oh, I, I, I apologize. I was I was doing so much talking. And so very accomplished, very accomplished. He'll say like, now, I think I recognize the names, but but please remind me again. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Well, well, I, I'm Del Ramon and and this is my sibling Katniss. Pleasure wow. to meet you. Wonderful. Well, um. Well, yeah, you know, you, you said in your message that you left that, you know, if uh, you had questions or concerns or if there was anything someone needed help with or anything like that to come, you know, to come find you. And it's just part of my spirit and my characters that I just can't quite settle down, that there's always some next big thing for me to do. So is there something that I can help you with? We always love listener feedback, don't we, Katniss? We do. And... You're in luck. It seemed like you were, it had piqued your interest when I, when I mentioned the phrase patron of the arts. That seems like something you would enjoy. Mm, yes, yes, I do. I do love a good song in the taverns and, well, I... We have something better than that. Even better than that. Oh, really? What? But we need your help oh, to do it. Okay. We need so you to pledge your support to our stone cast. Okay. 
And how, how do I do that? <laughs> a portal to the elemental plane of Earth. A portal to the elemental plane of Earth. It's simple. Oh, wow. Okay. And then Duncan kind of like scratches his head and is taken aback. He'll roll an arcana check. And we'll say like it's middle of the road in a way that he's like, well, I mean, I doesn't really understand exactly what that takes. But yeah, exactly. He's like, well, I mean, I know there's planes to all the elements, but specifically to the Earth one. Okay. Um, Well, I unfortunately, I don't have the means to just like make a doorway. I'm not a wizard or anything like that. No, 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 no. Of course. Just finding one, securing it for us. And giving some way of us having easy access to it. That's all we want. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. Find it. Give it to us. Uh, and and become really a, a part of yeah. oh, a part Let's of the not pot. Say too much. Oh, no, of course yeah, not. No, way. we wouldn't want to yes. give away the the big I, yes. reward. Uh, Duncan seems like the kind of person who's motivated by goodness rather good, than good um, rewards. Specific re- reward. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is true that uh, doing the service of generosity of kindness, you know, that certainly is a, a reward in and of itself. Okay, yes, and so. Oh, and think of all of the children that that he would help by helping us with this. All of those children that you play test with. <clears throat> I'm sure that upon wide release, it will um, manage to capture the imagination of an older audience as well. Let's not say anything odd. <laughs> Sure, sure, of course. Duncan, not quite understanding what the siblings are talking about, it's it almost kind of like riddle-like in, in a way that he's not quite picking up on. But uh, nevertheless, he'll say, onward, his signature catchphrase as he goes out the door, just seemingly like, okay, well, I've got my mission. And so uh, we'll fast forward and say it's been some time, probably like maybe like a month or so. And then <laughs> finally. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> Yeah, you think like hopes are up and you'll see like a very ragged and tired Duncan like kind of come crashing through the door and he's just like, ah, oh, okay. Katniss, Katniss Donald's back. The, is I, Donald his name? I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> he, he catches his breath and he says, the name's Duncan. It's it's on oh, the card right, I've, right, 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 right. I've given you. And then he looks over and he sees maybe it's like crumpled up or ripped up. Or no, something. It, it, we've used the back of it for notes. Yeah. Uh, like okay. stats, strength, dexterity, constitution. Yeah, he's just, and then Duncan just thinks to himself, why do they always mess up my cards that I give out? I spent so much money on all those cards. He'll reach into his pouch and he pulls out a scroll case and he unfurls it and he's like, okay. And so he goes into the whole drawn out tale of what it took to find this map of the local area and to then collect the rumors and all the research and everything he needed to do to find the nearest natural portal to the elemental plane of Earth. And he finishes the big speech and he's like, Oh, very right. good. And there we go. Yes. So I've helped you out. Thank you. Oh my Thank goodness. You, this was amazing. Can you give me another one of your cards, please? Just one more. Sure, and he'll reach in his pouch and pull out another one of his cards. And then Katniss takes her quill, writes something on it, and hands it back to him. And, and so here when you go. And then what does it read? It just says credited producer on and then the name of their podcast. And then he'll he'll look down at it, look at the siblings, look down at it again and be like Forgive me, friends. I I don't understand. What what does this mean? Have, what? have I been it's, given a noble title of, of some sort? It's the most valuable thing we could give you, Duncan. The most noble title. A patron of the arts. You are a major contributor to our stone cast. One of the major One of the major contributors. Yes, yes. Uh, amongst others. Yes. Amongst others. And so then Duncan will just kind of like look down at it and just be like, Huh. Well, I thought I thought being a patron of the arts would would come with some sort of other benefits, but I guess if this is what it takes, then well, you can add that to all your other cards too. It doesn't have to be just that one card. You can you can add that to you credit. You feel to free to just write down on each and every one, one at a time, executive producer. And for the next, well, we didn't say executive, but that's sorry. Um. For the next year, 
every episode we record, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. We're going to give you a little shout out. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yeah. Okay. And so then Duncan just like for the first time in a while, seemingly uh, maybe perhaps hasn't encountered a situation like this where maybe like the reward wasn't monetary or, or something like that. He'll just kind of like, you know, learning a lot about himself from undertaking this whole month plus long journey and just kind of being like, all right, it's thousand yard stare. Just like, <laughs> all right, well, I must go. And very flatly, I, I must go. And then he just kind of leaves. And is there anything that the siblings will say or do as he's uh, exiting and leaving their home? Yeah, Katniss has already turned around and is starting to like write down notes on the next podcast episode. I, I give him a stone and say, put this in a well or something. And scene. All right, so we did it. We made it through the random encounter, so... What did you think it was like getting to be meta characters as NPCs? Yeah, I had a blast. That was fun. Yeah, pretty good. Finding the the kind of similarity. We kind of turned into twins. We kind of mirrored each we other did, a little yeah. bit, which was great. I, I like that. I like mirroring. Do you imagine that uh, you might debut these characters in a game of your own? Or maybe they get their own dedicated episode on uh, Dispel Magic. Where it's just <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you know. I run a Dispel Magic inspired campaign. Like I'm building a new setting kind of with everything we've thought through in Dispel Magic. Mm-hmm. And I do think it would be very funny to put in a, not necessarily Katniss Riddell, but somebody, but characters modeled in that style that mm-hmm. are maybe even more explicitly Dane and I, because it's our friends. So it would be like extra stupid for them to encounter us in the game while they're also playing we're also playing characters and i play in a dispel magic inspired game uh run by my friend benjamin and i think it would be a lot of fun to encounter characters that really reflect both him and i in the game but that's up to the dm of that game i'm actually gonna really enjoy doing uh an impression of dane um i do a lot of yeah i do a lot of that when i'm doing an impression of dane Awesome. Yeah. Whether they continue on as uh, as Del Ramon and Katniss or they just become Bane and Ren. Den. <laughs> Bane oh. and Den. Bane and Den. Oh, there you go. You just switched the letters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. there you go. Perfect. Well, you already got them named. So awesome. Yeah. So final thoughts. Uh, we always like to, uh, you know, hear back any uh, feedback or critiques on the podcast, you know, the vibe check and just, you know, what did you think of your time on the podcast? Uh, I was surprised with the turns that it took, Uh, you know, rolling these characters really, you come up with some really interesting details that you have to justify and uh, the mental gymnastics that you have to take uh, puts you in in places you didn't think you'd be. Yeah, really fun. I was worried about whether or not we would be able to come up with something interesting on the fly, Mm -hmm. but uh, goofiness of it all clicked uh, really quickly, actually. The fact that we rolled game designer that helped that helped helped. (laughs) i I think that was the clincher for how meta it got yeah all right well in the final moments of the show i always like to leave the microphone the stage the platform the soapbox over to the guests so anything you have to plug where can we find you online and and all that good stuff and uh, any other passions or causes that you care about that we should know about let us know well, of course, Dispel Magic, uh, our podcast where we overthink the magic of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm also on Dungeons and Dragon Types, uh, which is an actual play Pokemon podcast. And um, you can find me anywhere and everywhere at Dane in Danger, where you can also listen to my voice acting reel. Uh, I'm a voice actor. I'm signed with an agency in San Francisco. So hit me up. And you can find me online at sterlingvermin.com. And that's a good way to get to all my socials. I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Discord, um, a little bit on Reddit. And there's my site store. You can get to Dispel Magic through uh, sterlingvermin.com. You can find my whole DMs Guild library of uh, stuff. You can find blog posts. There might be something else there. I can't remember. Prolific. A lot of stuff. A lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff. Um, Scope creep. Yeah. So if you are a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, which would make sense if you listen to this podcast and you've been looking for a cool new class or some new races or new spells or anything like that, uh, sterlingvermin.com is a good place to hang out. 
Well, uh, gentlemen, it's been an honor having you on my podcast as a fellow Twitter engager there and, and chiming in on your social media, letting you know, hey, I listened to the episode and these were my ideas and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's been cool to have you come on my show uh, and, uh, and get to try your hand at, at generating characters and getting an interview. And uh, hopefully I get my turn on your show and we'll see what kind of uh, magic we can overthink on your humble podcast. I think there's a pretty good chance of that happening, Kurt. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksAndSideQuests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychos is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four.